I'm Wayne Turner, and welcome to the daily podcast of Bible Track. I've developed Bible Track to be both a commentary and a daily Bible reading schedule. These podcasts cover the text and commentary, which may be found at www.bibletrack.org. So, for those who have a busy schedule but do have time to listen to the Bible being read, this podcast is for you. At the end of one year, you will have gone completely through the Bible. In today's reading, we'll be looking at the last three chapters of the book of Daniel, Daniel chapters 10 through 12. In chapter 10, we see that Daniel has another vision. Chapter 10, verse 1. In the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a thing was revealed unto Daniel, whose name was called Belshazzar, and the thing was true. But the time appointed was long, and he understood the thing, and had understanding of the vision. In those days, I, Daniel, was mourning three full weeks. I ate no pleasant bread, neither came flesh nor wine in my mouth, neither did I anoint myself at all. All three whole weeks were fulfilled. And in the four and twentieth day of the first month, I was by the side of the great river, which is Hittichel. Then I lifted up mine eyes and looked, and behold, a certain man clothed in linen, whose loins were girded with fine gold of euphaz. His body was like the barrel, and his face as the appearance of lightning, and his eyes as lamps of fire, and his arms and his feet like in color to polished brass, and the voice of his words like the voice of a multitude. And I, Daniel, alone saw the vision, for the men that were with me saw not the vision, but a great quaking fell upon them, so that they fled to hide themselves. Therefore I was left alone and saw this great vision, and there remained no strength in me, for my comeliness was turned in me into corruption, and I retained no strength. Yet I heard the voice of his words, and when I heard the voice of his words, then was I in a deep sleep on my face, and my face toward the ground. And behold, an hand touched me, which set me upon my knees, and upon the palms of my hands. And he said unto me, O Daniel, a man greatly beloved, Understand the words that I speak unto thee, and stand upright, for unto thee I am now sent. And when he had spoken this word unto me, I stood trembling. Then said he unto me, Fear not, Daniel, for from the first day that thou didst set thine heart to understand, and to chasten thyself before thy God, thy words were heard, and I am come for thy words. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me one and twenty days. But lo, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, and I remained there with the kings of Persia. Now I am come to make thee understand what shall befall thy people in the latter days, for yet the vision is for many days. And we had spoken such words unto me, I set my face toward the ground, and I became dumb. And behold, one like the similitude of the sons of men touched my lips. Then I opened my mouth and spake, and said unto him that stood before me, O my Lord, by the vision my sorrows are turned upon me, and I have retained no strength. For how can the servant of this my Lord talk with this my Lord? For as for me, straightway there remaineth no strength in me, neither is there any breath left in me. Then there came again and touched me, one like the appearance of a man, and he strengthened me, and said, O man greatly beloved, fear not, peace be unto thee, be strong, yea, be strong. And when he had spoken unto me, I was strengthened and said, Let my Lord speak, for thou hast strengthened me. Then said he, Knowest thou wherefore I come unto thee? 
And now will I return to fight with the prince of Persia, and when I am gone forth, lo, the prince of Grecia shall come. But I will show thee that which is noted in the scripture of truth, and there is none that holdeth with me in these things, but Michael your prince. This chapter sets us up for chapter 11. We're told in verse 1 here that this vision comes to Daniel in the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia. Cyrus actually inherited the Persian throne in 559 B.C., but that event actually meant nothing to Daniel since Daniel and his Jewish brethren were subjects of Babylon at that point in time. In 539 B.C., Persia overcame Babylon, and Daniel had a new boss. That is certainly the date from which Daniel is counting the reign of Cyrus in verse 1. That takes place, this vision, in 536 or 535 B.C. If Daniel was somewhere between 10 and 20 years old when he was taken from Jerusalem in 605, that would have made Daniel 80 to 90 years old at this point in time. The exiles from Judah and from Jerusalem began returning to their homeland in 535 B.C. Daniel sees a vision of continued conflict for God's people after the return of the exiles to Jerusalem. It so overwhelms him that he mourns for three weeks. In this chapter, we see the working of the demonic beings being referenced. In fact, we see in Ezra chapter 4 that the temple building project the rebuilding project back in Jerusalem was delayed by 20 years or so because of the opposition from the pagan folks there. These supernatural beings mentioned here causing the interference must have been those that empowered those evil nations. Those nations will be the subject of chapter 11. We actually see some detail regarding angels, good or bad, in this chapter, and these cannot be found elsewhere in Scripture when Daniel sees a clear manifestation of an angel and describes his appearance to us in verse 5. We also learn from this passage the struggle that likely takes place between good and fallen angels. It is obvious from this passage that angels are not omnipresent, nor are they omnipotent. Michael was delayed in coming to Daniel because of his struggles with another angel. We saw that in verse 13. Therefore, from this passage, it appears that fallen angels assist in guiding the affairs of nations that are enemies of God and God's people. Persia in verse 13 and Greece in verse 20 are examples of this concept. Michael the archangel is also mentioned in Jude verse 9 and again in Revelation chapter 12 verse 7. As we come to chapter 11, let's look at some things that you must understand. The prophecy contained in chapter 11 was future for Daniel, but it's historical to us. Alexander the Great conquered the world and died at the age of 33 in 323 B.C. While they tried to hold his empire together, it, it couldn't be done. By 311 B.C., his generals over specific regions split from the empire with each ruling over his own region, four of them. Let me list these four Greek regional commanders for you. First, there was Ptolemy in Egypt. He's mentioned in Daniel chapter 11. Then there was Seleucus in Babylonia. He's mentioned also in Daniel chapter 11. Then there's Lysimachus in Thrace and Asia Minor. He's not mentioned in Daniel at all. And finally, Cassander in Macedonia and Greece. And again, he's not mentioned in Daniel. Ptolemy's kingdom, Egypt, was south of Palestine. The kingdom of Seleucus was a territory located northwest and south 
as you pass through Syria from Babylon. The activities of warring factions in Daniel chapter 11 are the kings of these two kingdoms. In my printed notes on uh, BibleTrack.org for today's reading, I've listed the uh, two kingdoms, the kings of the south, the Ptolemies. There are six of them, and they run from 323 B.C. all the way down to 145 B.C., and I've listed them there in a chart. And then the Seleucids, the Babylonian Syria kings of the north, there are in fact one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight of them, and I've listed them in a chart. Their reign begins in 312 B.C. and runs all the way down to 163 B.C. The last and most notorious of these is Antiochus Epiphanes, Antiochus IV, and he reigned from 175 to 163 B.C. Consult the chart there on BibleTrack.org to get a, a more detailed look at these. So that being said, let's have a prophetic history lesson, beginning with Daniel chapter 11, verse 1. Also I in the first year of Darius the Mede, even I stood to confirm and to strengthen him. And now will I show thee the truth. Behold, there shall stand up three kings in Persia, and the fourth shall be far richer than they all. And by his strength through his riches he shall stir up all nations against the realm of Grecia. And a mighty king shall stand up and shall rule with great dominion and do according to his will. And when he shall stand up, his kingdom shall be broken and he shall be divided toward the four winds of heaven and not to his posterity, not according to his dominion which he ruled. For his kingdom shall be plucked up even for others beside those. And the king of the south shall be strong and one of his princes and he shall be strong above him and have dominion. His dominion shall be a great dominion. And the end of years they shall join themselves together, for the king's daughter of the south shall come to the king of the north to make an agreement. But she shall not retain the power of the arm, neither shall he stand, nor his arm, but she shall be given up. And they that brought her, and he that beget her, and he that strengthened her in these times. But out of a branch of her root shall one stand up in his estate, which shall come with an army, and shall enter in the fortress of the king of the north, and shall deal against them, and shall prevail, and shall also carry captives into Egypt their gods, with their princes, with their precious vessels of silver and gold, and he shall continue more years than the king of the north. So the king of the south shall come into his kingdom, and shall return into his own land. But his son shall be stirred up, and shall assemble a multitude of great forces, and one shall certainly come and overflow and pass through. Then shall he return and be stirred up even to his fortress. And the king of the south shall be moved with choler, and shall come forth and fight with him, even with the king of the north, and he shall set forth a great multitude. But the multitude shall be given into his hand. And when he hath taken away the multitude, his heart shall be lifted up, and he shall cast down many ten thousands, but he shall not be strengthened by it. For the king of the north shall return, and shall set forth a multitude greater than the former, and shall certainly come after certain years with a great army, and with much riches. And in those times there shall many stand up against the king of the south, and the robbers of thy people shall exalt themselves to establish the vision, but they shall fall. So the king of the north shall come, and cast up a mount, and take the most fenced cities, and the arms of the south shall not withstand neither his chosen people, 
neither shall there be any strength to withstand. But he that cometh against him shall do according to his own will, and none shall stand before him, and he shall stand in the glorious land, which by his hand shall be consumed. He shall also set his face to enter with the strength of his whole kingdom, and upright ones with him, thus shall he do. And he shall give him the daughter of women, corrupting her, but she shall not stand on his side, neither be for him. After this shall he turn his face into the isles, and shall take many. But a prince for his own behalf shall cause the reproach offered by him to cease. Without his own reproach he shall cause it to turn upon him. Then he shall turn his face toward the fort of his own land, and he shall stumble and fall and not be found. Then shall stand up in his estate a raiser of taxes in the glory of the kingdom. But within few days he shall be destroyed, neither in anger nor in battle. And in his estate shall stand up a vile person, to whom they shall not give the honor of the kingdom. But he shall come in peaceably, and obtain the kingdom by flatteries. And with the arms of a flood shall they be overflown from before him, and shall be broken. Yea, also the prince of the covenant. And after the league made with him, he shall work deceitfully, for he shall come up and shall become strong with a small people. He shall enter in peaceably even into the fattest places of the province, and he shall do that which his fathers have not done, nor his fathers' fathers. He shall scatter among them the prey and spoil and riches, yea, and he shall forecast his devices against the strongholds even for a time. And he shall stir up his power, and his courage against the king of the south with a great army. And the king of the south shall be stirred up to battle with a very great mighty army, but he shall not stand, for they shall forecast devices against him. Yea, they that feed the portion of his meat shall destroy him, and his army shall overflow, and many shall fall down slain. And both these kings' hearts shall be to do mischief, and they shall speak lies at one table, but it shall not prosper. For yet the end shall be at the time appointed. Then shall he return into his land with great riches, and his heart shall be against the holy covenant, and he shall do exploits and return to his own land. And the time appointed he shall return and come toward the south, but it shall not be as the former or as the latter. For the ships of Shittim shall come against him, therefore he shall be grieved and return and have indignation against the holy covenant, so shall he do. He shall even return and have intelligence with them that forsake the holy covenant. An arm shall stand on his part, and they shall pollute the sanctuary of strength, and shall take away the daily sacrifice, and they shall place the abomination that maketh desolate. And such as do wickedly against the covenant shall he corrupt by flatteries, but the people that do know their God shall be strong and do exploits. And they that understand among the people shall instruct many, yet they shall fall by the sword and by flame, by captivity and by spoil many days. Now when they shall fall, they shall be hoping with a little help, but many shall cleave to them with flatteries. You'll recall from my earlier comments that Daniel's giving us prophecies that have already been fulfilled, their history to us. He prophesied the battles between those warring factions of the former Greek Empire. These battles took place over 200 years after Daniel wrote about them in his prophecies, but secular historical records tell us that these battles did take place just as Daniel had prophesied. 
What you need to understand about chapter 11 are the players, the leaders, the ones that I listed in the table above that you really have to go look at the table to really, really be able to comprehend. Their battlefield in this chapter was the land of Israel. Why? Well, these two nations were separated by Palestine. The only way they could fight was to go through Israel itself. To top it all off, Antiochus IV Epiphanes was particularly cruel to the Jews on his trip back through Israel after he had a defeat in Egypt. This event is actually seen in verse 31. He foreshadowed the cruelty of the Antichrist who will appear during the tribulation in that he desecrated the Jewish temple in Jerusalem by offering a pig on the altar there, and he also forced the Jews in that city to eat swine meat or they would be put to death. These acts took place in December of 168 B.C. Antiochus Epiphanes was the epitome of a very bad man. It was the intent of Antiochus Epiphanes to stamp out Judaism completely. We looked at the horrific deeds of this man back in Daniel chapter 8, which prophesied concerning him as well. The apocryphal historical books of 1st and 2nd Maccabees contain these accounts. Now we go to the future, beginning with verse 35. And some of them of understanding shall fall to try them, and to purge, and to make them white, even to the time of the end, because it is yet for a time appointed. And the king shall do according to his will, and he shall exalt himself, and magnify himself above every god, and shall speak marvelous things against the god of gods, and shall prosper till the indignation be accomplished, for that that is determined shall be done." Neither shall he regard the God of his fathers, nor the desire of women, nor regard any God, for he shall magnify himself above all. But in his estate shall he honor the God of forces, and the God whom his fathers knew not shall he honor with gold and silver, and with precious stones and pleasant things. Thus shall he do in the most strongholds with a strange God, whom he shall acknowledge and increase with glory. And he shall cause them to rule over many, and shall divide the land for gain. And at the time of the end shall the king of the south push at him, and the king of the north shall come against him like a whirlwind with chariots and with horsemen, and with many ships, and he shall enter into the countries, and shall overflow and pass over. He shall enter also into the glorious land, and many countries shall be overthrown. But these shall escape out of his hand, even Edom, and Moab, and the chief of the children of Ammon. He shall stretch forth his hand also upon the countries, and the land of Egypt shall not escape. But he shall have power over the treasures of gold and of silver, and over all the precious things of Egypt. And the Libyans and the Ethiopians shall be at his steps. But tidings out of the east and out of the north shall trouble him. Therefore he shall go forth with great fury to destroy, and utterly to make away many. And he shall plant the tabernacles of his palace between the seas and the glorious holy mountain, yet he shall come to his end, and none shall help him. Everything mentioned in Daniel chapter 11 verses 1 through 34 happened just as Daniel prophesied over a period of 300 years or so. Daniel 11.35 is a pivotal verse in this chapter. It says, And some of them of understanding shall fall, to try them, and to purge, and to make them white, even to the time of the end, because it is yet for a time appointed. 
This verse introduces the fact that the historical record of this prophecy for us ends with Antiochus Epiphanes, and that the rest of this chapter is reserved for a yet future, and it says, because it is yet for a time appointed, in verse 35. That's a time appointed beyond that of Antiochus Epiphanes. Most students of prophecy agree that the remaining verses speak of the activities of the beast, the man that we generally refer to as the Antichrist, of Revelation chapter 13. He'll appear during Daniel's 70th week, which we know as the tribulation. It's referenced in Daniel chapter 9, verses 24 through 27, a period that's yet future to us. The battle that takes place in verse 40 would appear to be the battle of Revelation chapter 6, verses 12 to 17, just prior to the midpoint of the tribulation. After that, the beast assumes the role of God by displacing sacrifices in the rebuilt temple, and he requires that everyone worship him as God. You can read all about those incidents in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. Notice Daniel chapter 11 verse 45 here. It says, And he shall plant the tabernacles of his palace between the seas and the glorious holy mountain. Yet he shall come to his end, and none shall help him. The two seas mentioned are the Mediterranean Sea and the Dead Sea. That's exactly where the beast, that we know as the Antichrist, will establish his kingdom right there in Jerusalem. Notice also in that verse that he shall come to his end. The reign of the Antichrist, the beast of Revelation 13, will be terminated at the Battle of Armageddon found in Revelation chapter 19, verses 11 through 21. Incidentally, we are told in Daniel 11.41 that the reach of the Antichrist will not involve Edom, Moab, or Ammon. Those are east of Israel. That does fit quite nicely with the prophetic theory based upon Micah chapter 2, verses 12 and 13. It's uh, believed by many that this is the place east of Israel there where the fleeing remnant will hide during the last three years of the tribulation period. That brings us to Daniel chapter 12. And at that time shall Michael stand up, the great prince which standeth for the children of thy people, and there shall be a time of trouble, such as never was since there was a nation even to that same time. And at that time thy people shall be delivered, every one that shall be found written in the book. And many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life, and some to shame and everlasting contempt. And they that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament, and they that turn many to righteousness as the stars forever and ever. But thou, O Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book, even to the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall be increased." Then I, Daniel, looked, and behold, there stood other two, the one on this side of the bank of the river, and the other on that side of the bank of the river. And one said to the man clothed in linen, which was upon the waters of the river, How long shall it be to the end of these wonders? And I heard the man clothed in linen, which was upon the waters of the river, and we held up his right hand and his left unto heaven, and swear by him that liveth forever that it shall be for a time, times and in half and when he shall have accomplished to scatter the power of the holy people all these things shall be finished 
And I heard, but I understood not. Then said I, O my Lord, what shall be the end of these things? And he said, Go thy way, Daniel, for the words are closed up and sealed till the time of the end. Many shall be purified, and many white and tried, but the wicked shall do wickedly. And none of the wicked shall understand, but the wise shall understand. And from the time that the daily sacrifice shall be taken away, and the abomination that maketh desolate set up, there shall be a thousand two hundred and ninety days. Blessed is he that waiteth, and cometh to the thousand three hundred and five and thirty days. But go thou thy way till the end be, for thou shalt rest, and shalt stand in thy lot at the end of the days. This last chapter of Daniel ties it all up. A resurrection is promised for the righteous Jews, an ultimate deliverance for the nation of Israel. How long will this final onslaught against God's people last? Well, verse 7 says, It shall be for a time, times, and in half. And when he shall have accomplished to scatter the power of thy holy people, all these things shall be finished. That's Daniel speak for time, meaning one year, times, two years, and half, one half year. That's a total of three and a half years. That certainly must refer to the last half of the tribulation. Then we get some interesting references to additional days in verses 11 and 12. We see a reference to 1290 days and another reference to 1335 days. No one is certain what these days mean. They fall at a time of transition between the tribulation and millennium. Perhaps it refers to the time required for the judgments that will take place at that time. Revelation chapter 11 verses 2 and 3, they fix the actual period of the last half of the tribulation at 1260 days or 42 months. I guess we'll just have to wait until we get to heaven to see the exact schedule of tribulation ending, millennium beginning events. Take particular notice of Daniel chapter 12 verse 2. It says, And many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life, and some to shame and everlasting contempt. While nearly all the prophecies of the Old Testament deal specifically with Israel's repossession of an everlasting kingdom under the Messiah, here is a direct reference to the resurrection of those who have passed away. One more point is to be particularly noted here, the appearance of the abomination that maketh desolate. We see that in verse 11. We saw this reference in Daniel 9.27 and know this to be a reference to the beast of Revelation chapter 13. Jesus makes reference to this abomination of desolation in Matthew 24.15, also Mark 13.14, Luke 21.20, all the Olivet Discourse on the same occasion. In his uh, message on the Olivet, uh, Mount Olivet there, this prophetic message, it's given the week before his crucifixion. Paul in 2 Thessalonians 2 gives us a detailed look at how the beast carries out this abomination of desolation. And that brings us to the end of the book of Daniel. This concludes our podcast for today. I'm Wayne Turner, and if you'd like to read along with our commentary online, go to www.bibletrack.org. Thank you for listening in today. 
The background music for these podcasts is an original composition written by the music director of Faith Bible Church, Paul Walker.